Hey, good evening, everyone. Speaking about great women, husbands, have you ever had a moment where you've been so proud of your wife? I hope you have. It's good. Well, for the first time ever, Lauren ran the city to surf with me this morning. 14 kilometres from the city to Bondi, in typical Lauren fashion, she put no pressure on herself. She just plodded along and got to the end. Uh, so if she gets up really slowly from her chair, lady, you'll know why. Hey, have a seat. So it's my privilege tonight to continue our theme, Fearless. I wasn't able to be here this morning because we were running through the beautiful city, but it sounds like we're going to dovetail very nicely, Pastor Jack, I hope. Last time I spoke on, uh, here on a Sunday night, I spoke on courage in Christ and made the point that fearless is such a prophetic theme for this moment in history. All of the data tells us that people are more fearful than they were even just a few years ago, which is why we need to be voices of courage in the face of that fear. Pastor Jack preached a great message just a few weeks ago on even if or only if, will you follow Jesus only if he does what you want him to do? Or will you follow him even if things don't happen the way that you want them to happen? So for me then, fear is about the what if. Even if, only if, what if. Fear is almost always about the future, right? It's almost always about something that might happen. What if this terrible, horrible thing happens? I'm afraid of spiders. Can I get a witness? or heights. Lauren's afraid of snakes. If we see one of those, if we see a spider or a snake, the fear relates to we might get bitten, right? We might. What if? What if we get bitten by one of these horrible, ugly creatures? We feel fear because we're anticipating a future event that might be difficult or trying or painful. Now, of course, fear is part of life. It's part of the human condition. And in fact, it can be a good thing if it stops us from doing something stupid. But the moment fear becomes the controlling theme of our life, that's when we have a problem. And that's why I think this theme of fearless is just so important. So the question is not whether we will experience fear, we'll always have storms, but how we respond when we do. I'd love to take credit for this, but I can't. Someone wrote a book called Fear, False Evidence Appearing Real. False evidence appearing real. A false sense of reality that causes us to be afraid of the future. Ruben plays soccer. (laughs) He just dabbed if you didn't see him. The team hasn't had a really successful year. They were winning 2-1 a few weeks ago and suddenly, I spoke to him about this after the game, suddenly I could see the whole team just be afraid that they might lose a game. I don't know if you've watched sport when this happens. So suddenly they went ultra-defensive. They stopped attacking everyone, ran back towards the goal to try and stop the other team from scoring. They forgot about trying to score themselves so that they could stop their fear of losing from come to pass. But as is often the case, acting on fear causes the very thing that we fear to come to pass and they lost 3-2. They won last week, so all is well with the world again. But being afraid of what might happen, what might happen in the future of an insecure, uh, can rob us of a secure sense of now and replace it with an insecure sense of what if. And so in the face of fear, we can either, again, not my acronyms, forget everything and run or face everything and recover. 
forget everything and run or face everything and recover? How will we respond? So I'm going to speak tonight about what I think is the antidote to fear, and that is hope. In a way, hope's the reality that we want to see in the future, and then fear is its shadow. It's hope that will give us strength, I think, to face everything and recover rather than forget everything and run. So what do I mean when I say hope? Well, hope is having grounds for believing that something good will happen. Hope is having grounds for believing that something good will happen. When I see a spider, a large shoe gives me grounds for believing that something good will happen. In 1 Timothy 1.1, this letter is from Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, appointed by the command of God, our Saviour, and Christ Jesus, who gives us hope. What does it mean to say that Christ Jesus gives us hope? Well, I think it means if Jesus is our hope, Jesus is our grounds for believing that something good will happen, both in the present and in the future. My main text for today is Romans 5, 1 to 5. Therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ our Lord has done for us. Because of our faith, Christ has brought us into this place of undeserved privilege where we now stand and we confidently and joyfully look forward to sharing God's glory. Just think about that for a second. We've been made by faith. We have peace with God. We're in a place of undeserved privilege. And we confidently and joyfully look forward to sharing God's glory. That sounds to me like we have grounds for believing that something good will happen. In verse 3, we can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials, for we know that they help us develop endurance. And endurance develops strength of character, and character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. And this hope will not lead to disappointment, for we know how dearly God loves us because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. Problems and trials develop endurance, which strengthens our character, which strengthens our confident hope of salvation. Just as I thought about that sequence, the first part makes perfect sense to me. Trials develop endurance, which strengthens our character. That, that matches my life experience. It sounds like a personal development cycle, right? You, have, you, you face something hard, you persevere, you endure through it, and it builds your strength of character. You know, we've all heard those sayings, what doesn't kill us makes us stronger, or diamonds are formed under intense pressure. We get all of that. But what's the connection to hope? Trials lead to endurance, which strengthens our character. But when I first read this, I was surprised to see hope at the end of that sequence. I'm not always feeling hopeful when I come through trials and endurance, and even if my character is strengthened, hope is not always the natural outcome in my mind of that process. How do we think about that link between character and hope? Look, I'm sure you can frame it in many different ways. But I think out of godly character emerges hope. We look to God. We trust him. We believe that he has no plans other than good plans for our lives and he will not let us down. Despite the problems and trials, we then have grounds for believing that something good is going to happen. We can have confidence that God won't let us down in that hope. I'm actually going to share a testimony today, which is probably a less comfortable space for me than just a normal message. But we sung that song earlier. This is my testimony. So this is part of my testimony. I think it's where the rubber hits the road that 
this journey of trials to endurance to character to hope actually really plays out. So I thought I would share something from my own life. I'm convinced that we absolutely have to have hope if we're going to be fearless. We've got to believe that we have grounds for believing that something good is going to happen. So I like to run, hence the city to surf this morning. This isn't a running message, don't worry about that. But it was a Sunday afternoon about three years ago, it was in 2019, where I'd gone out for a run. And Lauren called me when I was running, I was nearly home and she said, hey, a policeman's just come to the house looking for you. You can draw what conclusion you like from that, but in the 10 minutes I still had to get home, I was drawing all sorts of conclusions in my own head. He wouldn't tell Lauren what it was about, just left a phone number and said, look, get him to call me when he gets home. Uh, so I did, I got home. Uh, after having fortunately drawn a blank, thinking, geez, I wonder what I've done wrong. But when I got home, I called the number and uh, the policeman said, okay, you're back home, that's good. He still wouldn't tell me what it was about, but he just said, we'll come back to your house. But before they even got there, this was in 2019, before I even got there, I had a call from Dad and I just saw his number pop on the phone, made no connection between the two events, answered the phone and he was crying on the other end and said that mum had just been killed in a car accident on the way to church that morning. She was driving to church when a car crossed over the other side of the road. They live up near Bundaberg, 100 kilometres an hour. It came out later in investigations that the other driver had been on drugs at the time and so obviously wasn't in control of what he was doing. But, you know, she never, she never stood a chance. And, in fact, my aunt and uncle were in the car at the same time and my aunt was also killed and my uncle spent uh, months and months and months in hospital recovering from the accident. So, of course, I didn't know what to say on the phone. <laughs> I was just in shock. Um, I love my mum and she was a great inspiration to me. In fact, you know, I was a mum's boy. You know, to my dad and my mum, I love them both, but mum was always the one that understood me, the one that I could talk to, the one that was most like me in so many ways. Lauren will affirm that, I think. In fact, we had this funny moment. She was, she was a great counsellor. She was a Christian counsellor, but she was so good because she wasn't emotional about it. She was really rational and just thought things through and helped people process what they were dealing with. She was just really good at it. She always taught me that the way to deal with something was with logic and rationality rather than emotions. I remember being, you know, when you go, um, I took dad to go and see the, the body before they buried it because he wanted to say goodbye. And I remember you go behind the curtain and she's laid out there. And it was such a surreal experience. But I remember th- saying to her, just speaking to her, just saying, well, mum, it's, it's your fault that I'm not crying because you taught me just to process everything with my mind. But she, she was really a lot like me and I just couldn't believe she was gone. So, of course, I left Sydney straight away. I went up to Bundaberg and you've got to take two flights to get there, so it seems like it takes forever. I was there for over a week. You can imagine what that was like. You know, I was trying to support my dad and my sister, trying to deal with my own grief, trying to plan the funeral was really tiring and emotion, emotional and I had to give the eulogy at the funeral because dad wasn't up to it so I'm trying to write that and, and hold everything together. The whole situation just didn't seem real to me but pretty clearly I'd run headlong <laughs> into one of those problems or trials that Paul spoke about in Romans, one of the storms that we can't escape. Wherever you are in life uh, there's always the possibility of a storm. I wasn't rejoicing in that moment, like Paul tells us we should rejoice when we face trials. I wasn't. I'm not asking you to feel sorry for me or give me sympathy. The point is that we'll all have moments like this. An event or a situation or a circumstance that causes fear, 
to grow in our hearts and minds. And I'm sure if I went round the room tonight, there'd be so many stories just like this. So in the midst of that tragic and horrible experience, there was really only one thing that kept our family going, and, and that, for me, was hope. You might say, where was this hope in the sudden, unexpected and tragic death of, of mum? She didn't deserve what happened to her. I never had a chance to say goodbye. In the midst of that, where were the grounds for believing that something good was going to happen? One of the most difficult things actually was watching dad come to terms with the loss. They would have been married for 40 years later that year, so been together for a long time. And after mum died, I was up late every night with him, 1 or 2 a.m., just talking and helping um, process. I mean, he's a pastor, but his first reaction was anger at God and he said he couldn't pray and, you know, didn't know how to feel or what to do. Uh, you know, mum and dad were, were happy together and in, then in one moment that was all taken away and, you know, how do you, how do you process that? I tried to be helpful and supportive, but really there's nothing you can say <laughs> in those moments. You've just got to be present. But where were the grounds for believing that something good was going to happen? Well, in the midst of that hopelessness, God spoke to Dad and gave him two words very strongly. The first one was this. God said, this is going to be hard, but I'll be with you. This is going to be hard, but I'll be with you. I will, in other words, I will help you endure. The second one, God said, something good will come of this. Something good will come of this. There are grounds for believing that something good will happen. Those are the two words that Dad got. This will be hard, but I'll be with you and something good will come of this. Now, of course, in that moment, that didn't take away all the pain or the grief or despair, but it did, give, it did introduce hope into that situation. Dad found a way to believe that, there were, that something good will happen. And let me tell you, hope is so important because it can make the present moment less difficult to bear. You know, we can stand up under any trial now if we believe that tomorrow will be a bit better. When people lose hope, what happens? They give up. Some research suggests that your risk of death increases when you lose hope and certainly your quality of life goes downhill. I'm going to share an experiment which is a little bit macabre, but just bear with me. You might have heard about, there was a famous ex rat experiment, rats, that's right, I said rats, rat experiment conducted by Kurt Richter in the 1950s. They put rats in jars of water and basically allowed them just to swim until they drowned. Sounds lovely, doesn't it? And most of the rats lasted for only a short period of time, a few minutes, not more than that. Then they tweaked the experiment. Instead of leaving the rats to drown, they'd wait until they were failing, until they were just about to go under. And then they'd pick them up, dry them off, let them rest for a minute or two, and then put them back into the water. The second group of rats swam for so much longer than the first group, in some cases over 24 hours. And what was the difference? Well, the second group was given hope that their situation might improve that if they just held on long enough, they might survive. When I first heard this, I thought it might be one of those apocryphal stories that sounds really good in sermon illustrations but has no basis in fact. But I did my research and it is in fact true. And Richter himself reported that after the elimination of hopelessness, the rats do not die. 
Well, we're not rats, of course. <laughs> but we do need hope to keep swimming. You know, we do need hope. We do need that belief, grounds for believing that something good will happen. We talk about storms. You know, I wonder what are you facing right now in the present? What situation is causing you uh, pain or fear or distress or hopelessness? You know, I'm not the one, only one dealing with challenges. I'm, I'm quite convinced of that. And even if there's nothing like that right now in your life, you might not have to wait that long. Being part of this fallen world just means that we all encounter these, these trials, these storms from time to time that can cause us to fear. I think those words that the Lord gave to my dad at that very difficult time can be for you as well. Two words. This will be hard, but I'll be with you and something good will come of this. I think that because of Jesus, because of Jesus, our hope, we have grounds for believing that in any situation, something good can happen. We have hope. Things will get better. You will get through. You can have hope because Jesus is our hope. He's our hope no matter what we're going through in the present. I also don't think, by the way, that hope is only for the difficult times in our lives. We don't only need hope when we're going through a storm or going through a trial or, or, or a situation that's really hard to face. I'm sure you've all heard that saying, the best is yet to come. And I think a key part of Christian faith is hope for the future, regardless of where we are now, good or bad. Hope that we have something great to look forward to. Hope that we have a future and an eternity planned out for us and hope that Jesus will not disappoint us. We also know that Jesus, our hope, isn't just for us. We don't keep all that hope for the, ourselves and let the rest of the world live in hopelessness. Hope is at the core of the gospel message. And that's the message that we take to the rest of the world. 1 Corinthians tells us that hope for this life is not just enough. It's hope for our eternal future that's so important. In chapter 15 it says, And if Christ has not been raised then your faith is useless and you are still guilty of your sins. In that case, all who have died believing in Christ are lost. And if our hope in Christ is only for this life, we are more to be pitied than anyone in the world. But in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead. He is the first of a great harvest of all who have died. He was raised as the first of the harvest. Then all who belong to Christ will be raised when he comes back. The hope we have is not just for this life. If that's all we have, then we're to be pitied, but no, the hope we have is for eternal life. Isn't is it? It's an eternal hope, and it's that kind of eternal hope that becomes real when we're faced with the death of a loved one, like I was with Mum. Is she at peace? Is she happy? Now I know these things in my head, but sometimes it's hard to transfer them to your heart in that moment. But I have faith in Jesus as our hope for Mum's eternal future. I wonder if your faith in Christ, that he won't let you down, that you can be confident in what he's promised you, I wonder if that gives you a sense of hope for your future. I think when we can find hope in Jesus and it becomes real to us, then we're in a great position to share that hope with others. If we believe that there are grounds for believing that something good is going to happen, it helps us to then share that grounds, that basis of our hope with others. I'll say it again, this isn't meant to be a sad message today. Obviously, mum died and that was dev devastating, but life brings challenges and pain to us 
at one time or another. And my situation isn't unique or special. It's just part of being human. But what got me through, and I think what you can get, what can get you through any storm that you face or any issue that you encounter or any challenge that you face in your life is that in Jesus we have grounds for believing that something good will happen. Whether you're in a situation of hopelessness, whether you're in a great place right now, we still have grounds for believing that something good will happen. Remember what God said to Dad. This will be hard, but I'll be with you and something good will come of this. And I wonder if that's a word for someone here today. We've talked a lot about being fearless. We've talked a lot about courage. We've talked a lot about needing courage in the face of challenges and trials and storms. And I believe that 100%. We need courage, but I think we also need hope. We also need that sense that something good is coming, that Jesus has something prepared, that something good will come of this, that even if it's hard, that he'll be with us and he'll see us through and he'll get us to the other side. And I actually think courage and hope work hand in hand. We have courage facing the moment and we have hope that there's something better yet to come that we hold on to and move towards. I think in Jesus we have that hope. We have grounds for believing that something good will happen. If fear is worry about the what if, only if, even if, what if, then hope is the antidote to that fear. And then I think if we have that sense of hope, if we have confidence that something good is going to happen, then we have the capacity then to face everything and recover rather than just forget everything and run. Reading Romans again, I'll remind you, verse 3, we can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials for we know that they help us develop endurance Endurance develops strength of character and character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. And this hope will not, will not lead to disappointment for we know how dearly God loves us because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. The team can come. I think we can be fearless when our hope is in Jesus. I think we can be fearless when we have grounds for believing that something good is going to happen And I think Jesus gives us those grounds for believing that something good is going to happen. That was just a small part of my testimony. One of the challenges, one of the storms, one of the trials of life. I've had great times in my life as well. It's not all sad news. But it's in those moments where I think having that confident hope in Jesus can get you through, can get you to the other side, can help you to face what you need to face and recover and keep moving forward. I think hope is the key. Stand with me and let's pray. Lord, we thank you that we can have hope in you. Thank you that you don't want us to live in a state of fear. You don't want us to live in trials and tribulations and storms. We all face them, but you want to get us through to the other side. You want to help us to endure, to build character and to have hope. Lord, I pray for every person in this room, whatever they're facing at the moment, a time of great prosperity and joy or a storm, a challenge, a trial. You can be the hope in the midst of that, Lord, and we thank you for that. Thank you that you've given us promises that give us confidence that something good will happen. We thank you that you are our hope, that we can trust you. Lord, I pray for every person, whatever they're going through, pray, Lord, as you promised my dad, whether it's hard or not, you will be with them and something good will come of this. We believe you, we trust you, 
We see you as our hope and we thank you for that in Jesus' name.